blood. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. But what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where's the standard at? We in a war, y'all. It's time to stand, y'all. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear, and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Today's message, The Simplicity of Salvation. And now here is Bishop Caldwell. The body of Christ, about something that is very near and dear to my heart. And um, let me take you to the Keystone Scripture first, and then we'll move on from there. I want you to go to where we just came from in our studying in the book of Acts, the second chapter. Acts chapter 2, as you well know, is uh, comprises basically of Peter's first sermon on the day of Pentecost, the birthday of the church. And in Acts chapter 2, and I need for you to key in on verse 47. Um, I think that's where I need to go. Verse 47. Is that what I said? Okay. Don't try to interrupt me. Acts 2.47. This is what happened to them on the day of Pentecost. Um, let me start at verse 41. <clears throat> then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things common. Drop down to verse 47. The people were praising God, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added. Who added? The Lord. Who added? The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. On other night, on the 4th of July, I was watching Netflix and I watched the story of Carlton Pearson. And that's a sad discourse 
of a man who fell from grace because of his own stupidity, arrogance, bullheaded, and refused to hear the voice of those that had wisdom in the word. He had an uncle by the name of Quincy, and his uncle was up in age and in prison. His uncle had sent for him to come and see him, and he did. So when Carlton went to see his uncle, his uncle asked to be saved. Carlton, from a Pentecostal background and a few other angles that he was coming from, told his uncle that he was not ready to be saved. And Back then, I don't know what they're believing now, what they're saying now, but he told that to his uncle. And he did not lead him into a saving knowledge of Jesus. He did not extend God's mercy and grace to him. Carlton left that prison upset, first of all, because his uncle had called for him to come because Carlton had leverage in the community and his uncle wanted him to write a letter to some dignitaries so that he could be released and Carlton wouldn't do it and got angry because his uncle called down and made that request. And so in the middle of all that, Carlton did not lead him to Christ. Because Carlton, in his own mind, see, is, 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 you have to understand, when the Lord take you from nowhere and bring you to the forefront of somewhere, you must never forget who brought you and where you came from. All men need saving. It's not for us to judge as to whether or not they have sinned and got so much sin into the, in their lives until they can't be saved. You don't want to put yourself in that position because you are not God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so Carlton left that day looking for a more convenient time to return to his uncle and tell him about Jesus. Well, before he got able to get back, his uncle died. And so, in the death of his uncle, Carlton, and what's so amazing, he graduated from a university, uh, Oral Roberts University, there in Tulsa. And I'm not blaming the universe. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just telling you what the story was about. How can you graduate from a college and, 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 and your head has gotten so swollen until salvation depends on you? And obviously we see some of that today. If you don't like somebody, you ain't going to tell them about Jesus. But anyway, long story short. So his uncle died. His uncle Quincy. So Carlton, in a packed out congregation, mixed congregation in Tulsa, 
where the race riot took place in 1921, came to the pulpit after his uncle Quincy had died and said that a loving God, see this is, this is when people get off track, when, why is it that a loving God would send his children that he created to hell? That a loving God would not send his created beings to hell. There is no hell. That's what he said. And there is no need of preaching the gospel because everybody's already saved. Now you call that the doctrine of inclusion. So people began to get up out of the church all the way live on a Sunday morning, and they should have, because the second Sunday he came back around, he made it even worse, and he refused to admit that he was wrong. Now, all these scriptures, he said God spoke to him and told him that all men are saved. So, what happened in the process is that one night his mother called him and his uncle Quincy was his mother's brother and she said to him, you need to get back to preaching what you used to preach. Your uncle Quincy went to hell because he rejected Jesus. And somebody else, she said, went to hell because of the rejection of Jesus Christ. Now, I said all that to say this. So, Oral Roberts went to Carlton Pearson and told him, you always have a place here and you have a place in my heart, but you need to get this straight. He told him, you need to read Romans 10 and 9. Carlton never did that. And so it's, 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 it can be breathtaking and amazing and almost bordering on fright when you think about the last time you watched a TV program that's been long running. Was an invitation issued to come to Christ? No. An invitation was issued to send some money over here. And when you find there's nothing wrong with money. And when you finally look look at the simplicity of salvation, it's almost a silent conversation in the land today. Why? Because the average person does not know what it takes to be saved. And an attempt for any believer to show his proudness or how much he may think that he or she knows about the Bible have 
complicated salvation to such a degree until they can't just look anybody in the eyes straight and tell them what must I do, what must they do in order to be saved. So today I want to talk about salvation. And as we look in these scriptures, people all over America, for the most part, are not going to church anymore. They're using the pandemic as an excuse. Well, they was probably gone before that happened anyway. And then there are those in high places that don't know what they're talking about. And a lot of people think that if you're in a major city like Atlanta or Los Angeles or Tulsa, that if you got, quote unquote, a church, you got to know what you're talking about. Jim Jones had 950-some people that went to Guyana and perished. So we have to understand that when we talk about doctrine, doctrine is teaching what the Bible teaches, teaching what you have been taught and rightly divided. And don't change the word because your Uncle Quincy died. The word is the word. And it's God's word. And it needs to be respected. It needs to be taught straight up. And we don't have no dog in the race. So I want to talk today about the simplicity of salvation. How simple it is to be saved. Now first of all, in order for anyone to be saved, they must be a sinner. Amen, walls and lights and posts. If a person, if their argument is that I'm not a sinner, then you cannot be saved. Because the blood of Jesus was shed for sinners. Not for people for some good man or some good people, one would dare to die. But Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. <laughs> How in the world did you get so good that you ain't no sinner? No, you're saved, but you're still sinning. So we're going to look at the simplicity of salvation. And we must not try to take God's place to decide who's going to be saved, who's not, based upon whether we like them or not. Yes, then you're a person that can be, cannot be trusted with the message. Because the message must go out the way that it is. And if you don't like somebody and you're talking to them, then you just witness to them with a broken heart, frown all up on the inside, but give them the word. So the simplicity of salvation. There are a few scriptures that we're going to take a look at. Look back down at verse 47, Acts chapter 2. They were praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily 
such as should be saved. So it's the Lord that adds to the church. Now Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. The Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So there is no other name under these heavens or this heaven whereby we must be saved, and that's the name of Jesus. Now, the purpose of the Lord's coming the first time, being virgin born, that's another problem that people have. I don't understand why, if, if this is the word of truth, and it is, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he is, why do we get so busy trying to misinterpret what's here? Why don't we just be good stewards of God's word, say what the word says? If the word doesn't have anything to say, then we shouldn't have anything to say. And if we do have something to say, you ought to, before you say it, say, this is my opinion, which doesn't amount to anything. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20. The simplicity of salvation. And a lot of people need to take more seriously God's word. I'm going to start at verse 18, Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Before they came together, before they had intercourse, she was already pregnant. And we know that happened when she had a visitation from the angel Gabriel. Verse 19, then Joseph, her husband, not Jesus' father. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. He was thinking about it. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David. Now stop right there. This is why Jesus is called the son of David. Because Joseph was born into the house of David. Joseph would marry Mary. All that would take place in the house of David. So Jesus, thou son of David. He's the son of David because he was born into David's house. And that came through Mary, not Joseph. But Joseph was also in David's house, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, that's a given. Call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And the Lord added. Daily. To the church. Such as should be saved. After he had went back to heaven. This word was said. 
that he was adding daily. So you can't join no church. You have to be put in there by the new birth. You have to be put into the church, which is the body of Christ, by the Lord. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. 1 Timothy 1 and 5. Just a, what the old folk call, just a smidgen. <laughs> I don't know what a smidgen is, but I'm going to use a smidgen. We're talking about the simplicity of salvation. 1 Timothy chapter 1. I think I got that right. 1 Timothy chapter 1. In verse 5, that's not 5, that's 15. 1 Timothy 1 and 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus, that's the man at God's right hand, that's why it's Christ before Jesus. It is his exalted position. God accepted his sacrifice for our sins. That's why it's Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Now, if the Lord sent his son into the world to be the savior of sinners, in order for the simplicity of salvation to become a reality, we need two things. We need a sinner and we need a savior. If we don't have no sinner, we don't need no Savior. Now, there is a mistake, and then we're going to move on. There's a mistake that people constantly make that messes a lot of people's heads up. Have you ever heard the acronym KISS? Keep it simple, stupid. We should keep this as simple as it could possibly be kept because people are already lost. They're already confused. So Jesus came into the world to save sinners, not good people, sinners. But we live in a time now, you call a person a sinner, they are so insulted, they pull in their blouse and they pull in their shirt all together like they've been highly offended. You're still a sinner. From God's vantage point, and so Christ Jesus came into the world to seek and to save that which was lost. Carlton went off the rail talking about we don't need to preach the gospel. Everybody already saved. What you call Carlton Pearson and I'm, I'm name calling because he put himself in this situation. And he can get himself out of this situation if he ever were to repent. He's called a heretic. And he is preaching hearsays. Now, to invite somebody like that to preach at a church where the fundamentals of the faith have been heralded for years is against God's will. 
So in this Carlton Pearson story, the bishops, Bishop Ellis, them, called Carlton to a meeting to come and to defend his doctrine. He tried to turn the table on the elders, and it didn't work. Ain't no way, if Christian people know their Bible, that they're going to let someone twist these scriptures. See, so the warfare is not between us and the person. It's between us and what the person is saying that doesn't line up with this word. In Isaiah 8 and 20, you don't have to turn there. But if they speak not according to this word, it is because there's no light in them. Got it? Now, 1 John. Then we're going to get into the simplicity of what it takes to be saved. But I first needed to establish the fact that all men are born lost. Today's message, The Simplicity of Salvation, FC3078, FC3078, is now available on CD for only $10. And it may be purchased by calling Know Your Bible at 318-938-1885 or you can mail in your request to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119 or email us, greenwoodacres at comcast.net. Know Your Bible radio broadcast is now available as a podcast. You can listen to Know Your Bible through Apple Podcast, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Simply search for Know Your Bible or Bishop Caldwell in either app. Tap the subscribe button and Know Your Bible will come to you automatically each time an episode is posted. Enjoy! Now the question is... There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. the trouble all over the world. I'm telling every man, woman, boy and girl. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. 
If you say those words and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the question's up. Hello, this is Bishop Caldwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you. Now I see.